Thanks for tuning into the Sounds of Healing podcast. You will discover a new way of being using the power of sound and vibrations. We'll be having conversations with new thought leaders, sound healers, and mind-body experts. Listen and find the path to your elevated dreams. I am so honored and grateful to introduce to you our guest today, Dr. Kathleen Riley is a visionary, highly intuitive, and passionate intermission to help performing artists connect more deeply with their heart's intelligence and create coherence through their music and sound. She combines her expertise as a professional musician and extensive education and training in postdoctoral studies in neurophysiology and psychology, as well as certifications in biofeedback with a passion to see others thrive. Her doctoral research investigated the use of auditory and visual feedback to increase pianist's awareness of nuances of sound in performers' interpretations. Kathleen went on to develop biofeedback protocols to help musicians connect and correct their posture and improve their technical and musical approach to the instrument. Seeing the intimate connection between the mind and body she expanded her biofeedback training with certifications from the HeartMath Institute to help with performance anxieties. While living in Cleveland, Ohio, she served on the faculty of the Cleveland Institute of Music, where she taught courses in optimal performance and ran a biofeedback lab. Her latest research study, conducted in collaboration with the HeartMath Institute, explored the effects of a shared heart intention among members of a string quartet on the musicians and audience members. The research was filmed and produced as a documentary, Intention, The Power of the Heart. In response to COVID-19, Kathleen has created the Global Coherent Musicians Community, designed to bring musicians, scientists, and researchers together to understand and explore how our intentions and sound frequencies affect the global field. She is also hosting her show, Sounds of Coherence, on the Awake TV network. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Kathleen Riley. Oh, thank you, Dr. Karen Olson, my colleague and dear friend, fellow, I love it that we both went to NYU and received our PhDs in performance and We've both been on journeys from that time and it's led us down such beautiful paths. So I'm, I'm so heartfully delighted to share this time with you, my friend today. Oh, thank you. You've been such a blessing in my life and, and to see how you've affected so many people and that that's your mission and dream. And, and yes, we had such a fun conversation sharing stories about our PhD days at NYU. It's a very unique program. So there's a lot of stories we can share and it's so much fun to have someone that would understand them and want to listen to them. So thank you for that. And we can share how that journey has um, broadened our lives and our perspective. So I'd love for you to share the process of your huge vision. When I look at your life, it just feels like you started out knowing all the pieces you needed and where they were gonna take you and it, everything just fell right in place. And it's just so awesome to, to just witness and experience it. And I'd love for you to share how that's been for you. 
I know it's been led by your heart. I do know that. Beautiful. Well, <laughs> yes, it's been led by heart. And I think I've always had this sense of purpose. And from being a very little girl, my sense of purpose was, in a broad sense, to make a difference. And I always loved teaching. And of course, from the early age of four, just gravitated to the piano and was enthralled with sound. And then through all my years of private piano study, getting to high school senior year, I couldn't imagine my life without piano in it. So I decided I would major in piano. And so those two degrees, Manhattan School of Music, bachelor's in master's in piano performance were joyous, wonderful days because back in the 70s and early 80s, there was not this um, push for everything to be perfect. And there was a still a feeling of, from all my professors of love and of the beauty of sharing music. And I left after my master's and was teaching from the age of 19, private students alongside, and was performing, entering a few competitions and building a larger teaching um, studio. Along the way, I felt I wanted to go back for further education. So in my early thirties, I decided to embark on a doctorate. And I chose my doctorate in piano performance and a PhD. Interestingly, not because I necessarily wanted to perform more, but I wanted an opportunity through university to delve in deeper to ways I could enhance people's understanding, their auditory sense of what they were hearing and how to actually replicate sound. So NYU did provide that journey. Um, it took me down a lot of different windy paths, courses that to get to where I was, I said, oh, okay, I'm going to go take a course in audio recording. And oh, I'm going to take this course in MIDI and oh, I'm going to take this. And it was an insatiable curiosity. But honestly, I think it was perfect timing because if I had gone right out of a master's program into this, well, the technology that actually birthed what I'm doing didn't exist. Mm -hmm. oh, that first year at NYU, 1990, I can remember that registration was not computerized. We were in lines around the buildings in Washington Square. So I blessed in that my following my intuition, following inner calling, that it was like everything showed up at the perfect time. So I went down that path, dissertation research, using the Yamaha disc clavier piano, which at the time was brand new, where we could record and play back exactly on an acoustic instrument, somebody's performance. That was my aha moment. And that was my aha moment into using technology, not for technology's sake, but to serve the purpose of music and to serve the purpose of how we teach. So I finished that up in the end of 2000. And honestly, from 2001 on, my life took a challenge and a, tra a trajectory that has led me to where I am today. So through my dear mentor and friend, Ted Coons, he says, you know, you do that thing with the MIDI data 
and there's this study looking at two pianists with focal dystonia. Why don't you come and see what they're going to do? Maybe you could take measurements. And the short story is that I watched what was happening and I observed that when we have an injury or something doesn't work right, we all compensate. And this was plain as day to me. And I returned back to New York and I said to Ted, I think what we need to be doing is explaining to people what their muscles are doing and how to correct this. So that launched me right into courses in a master's level courses at NYU School of Art and Science in psychology and neurophysiology. I said, I want to understand this more. I want to be able to teach this. And with that, all of a sudden I started using video. So I was using now the MIDI feedback for the piano. So they'd be playing, they'd look at what was going on, and then they'd see video camera images of their hands from places they couldn't see otherwise. Long story short, that one turns around and gets, I get contacted in 2003 by a company called Dartfish, which is a video analysis software, and they do it for sports and athletes. And they had heard about some of my work and they said, gee, we'd like to talk with you. I said, well, that's funny because I'm over in Switzerland doing a study. So when I get back and the guy who was emailing me was from Georgia, wait a minute, wait a minute. Our founder and our headquarters is in Switzerland. So they sent this guy uh -huh. down to meet with me and I get my hands on their software. And now I become, whoa, this is really cool. And with that, I said, there's more to this. And a doctor friend of mine one day said, yeah, you need to look at muscle activity. I'm going to put you in touch with someone. So all the pieces just divinely like fell in place. And I made a call to this inventor, David Markarian, who makes a system called MyoVision, measuring surface electromyography, so muscle activity in real time. And I said, what I wanted to do, I explained I was a musician, told my story. And he says, wow, this is really fascinating to me because you know, I'm a, I'm a, I played violin for 10 years. My mother still teaches piano and my sister sings in a rock and roll band. He says, you know what? I really like what you're all about. I'm going to loan you a machine. Well, okay. Now I'm in seventh heaven. He loans me a machine and I start, okay, study. And I go and into his software, into Dartfish software and into MIDI data. And I connect all the dots and synchronize that when the hand was in a certain position, the notes were overlapping on the keyboard. The muscle activity was so high. When we changed position, we understood tension release. The note on, note off, the speed of the attack, everything was stronger and clearer. And there was no overuse of muscle. So this gets published in Medical Problems of Performing Artists. I stuck him on as a third author. I'm like, without this magic, I couldn't have done this research. And he goes around and now he says, wow, okay, we're get, how about I make you a, um, a platform, you know, just a software interface where you can combine your hmm. Surface EMG, your muscle activity with two video windows. In the beginning, he was also putting MIDI in, but that was a real complicated piece. So that in itself was a godsend because I have worked with hundreds and hundreds of musicians with this tool. And with cameras, you can see your body and your hands and your arms from 
places you can't see normally. So that one was a game changer in my life. Wow. And I, again, the years come on a little, just a few more. And I said, hmm, there's something missing again. Because there's this, I can do things physically. I can make physical corrections. But if there's a mental anxiety, worry, fear, what does the body do naturally? It grips, it tenses. There's something that's going to tighten up. Right. And with that, I said, there's got to be something else as a piece I can pull in. So I'm now a member of the biofeedback organization. And in 2007, mm -hmm. I went to a conference and the HeartMath people were there. So I started having to talk with them and I bought one of their little handheld sensors. I said, huh, it's pretty interesting. And I just kind of put it on the side. And then 2012 into 13, I said, okay, I'm really going to start bringing this in because I can't fix one side like overuse, misuse injuries if I'm not addressing the worry about memory, the worry about getting the right notes. So I need to go in both doors. And so I got my three certifications. The heart math techniques are so simple. They're easy to use. And in my courses at the Cleveland Institute of Music and in my biofeedback lab, which they let me run, my students all worked with both of these forms of biofeedback on themselves. And within one semester, I had 180 degree transformations going on. Wow. But what was more, most powerful was that they, knew, they understood what they were doing. They understood what the sources of the stress were or the sources of the overuse or injury. And they were able to get through it. The other beautiful piece at Cleveland was that I had open dialogues with all of the professors. And Joel Smirnoff, who was um, president at the time and a dear friend, allowed me to take neuromuscular assessments on every incoming undergraduate student because I said, I want to know what's walking in your door. Mm. And with that, I would catch red flags. I would see muscles firing too high. Okay. And I would then be happily be sending this one to this neurologist and this one to this physical therapist and this one and so on and so on. I had found my professionals at the Cleveland Clinic that I needed for referrals. Then I was gifted the ability to have discussions with the teachers. Mm. And one of the guitarists that I worked with had debilitating tendonitis when he showed up in both arms. So I had a conversation with his teacher, Jason Vio. I said, Jason, we need to give a little time out for him to heal. So I'm going to suggest you pull back a little bit, you know, so he had, he approached his lessons for first semester totally differently with this young man. Success, success, mm. success. And when I left there in 2017, here's where we are that brings me to where I am today. Interestingly, in a, in a almost premonition way to what COVID is presenting us with, is that I cannot sustain what I'm doing in people if I don't have a collective community. So if I don't have coherence and agreement from the top down, I can't do it. And there had been a change in administration. There was a lot of stress underlying in the organization. And I left. And I come out now in California, 
And I just knew I was going to do research. Okay. Didn't know what it would show up looking like. And then I had the inspiration from my dear friend, Jonathan Goldman in his book, Healing Sounds. He talks about this experience he had of going to hear the same symphony orchestra perform the same piece of music conducted by two different conductors. They did, he brought a kinesiologist with him, did all these little measurements. And the short story is that the only variable was the conductor. His results were completely opposite. So performance one, he had strong muscle response, deep respiratory breathing, low resting heart rate, beautiful. Performance two, oh my gosh, he had weakened muscle response, shallow respiratory breathing and elevated heart rate. Hmm. Variable, conductor, and at that moment I said, okay, but what about the musicians under the baton? So that's how my latest research came about, looking at a string quartet saying, okay, I'm going to start having you understand with heart math, we know through our work that your emotions and your attitudes and your intentions have a frequency to them and they affect everything and everything around us in our bodies and outside of our bodies with what we're doing. And so as they were playing these two pieces, I brought them together. I said, okay, for the first one, Pachelbel, what's your intention? What do you want to express through this music? And an interesting first response I got was, hmm, like they had to think about it a little bit because it just got kind of lost. It wasn't the first thing they were bringing, you know, even though their hearts are there, it wasn't that first awareness. And we worked with the heart math tools. That's what the, the documentary shows this whole thing in a short story for 14 minutes. And when they got to this place where they had a shared intention, their sound and their performance was completely different, but there was a, another major powerful change. And that was that there was a change in their heart rate variability. So their own coherence and alignment, and it had an effect at this time in real time on eight audience members. Wow. So through their performance and through their heart intentions, they shifted the field and they were able to create an effect at a group level with audience members. And it's interesting. I just knew it was a story and that it should be filmed. And I had no idea where this was to go. And this got released. Really, it was done on like the end of November, 2019. It started getting shared little by little, the beginning of 2020. And it has, in these short months, pretty much since February, traveled around the world and had such an impact on people as a story. And for me, it's what my purpose has always been is that to bring musicians, to bring people to an understanding that music has a greater and deeper role in our universe than we have understood so far. Okay, COVID, silver lining, here we are. We're now in these states of not all being together. And yet people are sharing music more and more. And what I love about the COVID land is that nothing has to be perfect. 
And as I look, though, it's also been devastating because it has put thousands upon thousands of performing artists out of work. It is causing some organizations to fold. And we don't know how and when this is going to end. But I do know through that first experiment with another upcoming experiment I'm going to do in November and with what I'm creating in our global coherent musicians community that we are here to birth something new and we're going to prove it. Because if I can prove that you as a musician, you as an artist are in a coherent space, we have your music heard by others, we measure their coherence and we see, oh, it's making a difference. Well, now we've got something really powerful because we have what I call sounds of coherence or coherent music that can be many different genres. It's not all just one, but this is the music for the future that in addition to what we do at higher frequency levels with sound healing. Okay, if I put all of this together, I'm creating this beautiful field for people to thrive in during their daily lives. So that all I, that idea of the ambient music, okay, that was a step in the right direction. Now let's just imagine that becoming coherent music with music that we're proving has an effect we take that into hospitals, we take that into elder homes, we take that into daycare, we take this knowing that it has this effect. Why am I so excited about it? Because HeartMath has done hundreds and hundreds of studies on this very thing. So I'm just kind of piggybacking on their research that they've done since 1991 and now taking it into a bigger place with music and sound. So that's that's sort of how all of this hmm. came up, but it's interesting because when you said, oh, the vision, I said, yeah, but the vision sort of found itself through the pieces. And then all of a sudden when I decided, oh, I think this, then something shows up. So it's interesting. Wow. That was so rich with information and, and so many things that we can all learn from. First, I see how you manifested and and i love the aspect of having it in your heart and your vision of of how you wanted to help people and you didn't really know exactly what the path would be but you just followed the one that came in front of you and because you had that intention everything just came together so i think that's so beautiful example of when we want something in our lives, as we know what it is that we're looking for, it isn't the exact details that are our responsibility. It's just putting in the work, taking one step and another step, and then, and then being able to see it come together. So that's so beautiful. I also wanted to mention to non-performers that might be listening about how important it is to the musical community and I, an example to everybody that when you have this passion and your whole life and identity and your livelihood are dependent on your body to, to work for you in the way you need it to, just like you might have in your life or even now that things are changing so much and that you could come in and help people see that the kink in it, you know, the, the, the parts that were, were stopping the ability because I know many people 
who are no longer able to play because they their shoulder hurt, their thumb hurt, they got um, carpal tunnel, and it's just heartbreaking that these people are no longer able to do what they love. So to just that service that you brought in, that piece that you brought in that could bring that together and help so many hundreds of musicians continue with their, their work and just so grateful it was seen on a documentary. Is that available that people could watch that? Yes, yes, that is on the HeartMath website. Um, and if you go to HeartMath, H-E-A-R-T-M-A-T-H dot org slash forward slash resources, forward slash videos. And it's about the fifth video in slash, and it starts with in, its intention, all lowercase, intention hyphen the hyphen power hyphen of hyphen the hyphen heart. So it's the name of the documentary is Intention, the Power of the Heart. When you click on that link, it takes you to the trailer and right above the trailer, there are two buttons, one to read the little blog article about it and then one to access the 14 minute film. I encourage you all to do it. That also the film one link brings you to my website and mm. you then enter your email and then you also are have a free gift that you're invited to download, which is my PDF Beautiful. called um, Intentions from the Heart. And there is also, I welcome anyone who would like a 20 minute complimentary discovery Zoom chat with me. That's awesome. And I think it's a beautiful way to spend some time together, see if there's anything that I might be doing that I can help you with, or just to share together for some time. And I also wanted to point out on heartmathwebsite.org. So in 2019, they released a video series. Great. And it's about, I want to say nine, it might be more short videos. And it is really telling the entire story of what HeartMath is. So it gives the HeartMath, it's called the HeartMath Experience. And um, our head of research, Roland McCready, he gives the physiology of it in one of them. They talk about how it's being used. And at the end, the three little videos at the end are three of their heart-focused breathing techniques. So it's a gift that it was not in, I forget, in November, I think it was $29.95. And then in April, they released it to the world for free because of COVID. And so this is just continues. It will be a, up there for free. And that website to get to that is under heartmath.org forward slash training forward slash heartmath hyphen experience. So if, if you, I think Google heartmath experience, that might even just take you there. Beautiful. But I can't recommend that more highly because it is, it is a window when people say, what's heartmath? This is the best way for me to have you learn and read about it. And then if you want to discover more, contact me, you know, and let's set up a call. Let's have a chat. Beautiful. Yeah. I'll put the links in the description for the show. Wonderful. So Wonderful. Find them. Yes. And I want to add what a grateful recipient 
I am of you reaching out to musicians and the community and the invitation that I had to be on the amazing TV show that you have sounds of coherence on that, that network is filled with wisdom and inspiration awake TV network that people could watch that segment and they could get a trial or sign up. And it's amazing. And how did that come about? It's so powerful. Well, this is another part of my, my journey from the documentary. So behind the scenes, the HeartMath people were connecting a lot of dots for me. And they actually contacted Jonathan Goldman. And several months ago, I got a new submission from my website and I looked down and it said Jonathan Goldman. And I said, oh, how interesting. There's a musician by the name of Jonathan Goldman. Well, no, it was the Jonathan. And so Jonathan and I have become dear friends. I was then a guest on his monthly radio show just this month, last month for August. Mm. He is an upcoming guest on my show, Sounds of Coherence. He is also was a guest and on a special I hosted for Awake TV with Howard Martin, who is the vice president of HeartMath and also a musician. And he and his wife, Andy, are doing a very special session I am convening for Ubiquity University's Humanity Rising Global Solutions Summit. They have asked me to convene a few sessions on the arts and music and in creating coherence and in avenues as we travel through the pandemic and emerge into a post-pandemic world. So I'm delighted to be doing Mm -hmm. that as well. Okay, so on the other side, they're also connecting me to Awake TV. Mm. So I get an email from someone at Awake and she's the person who put this first special together with Jonathan and all of this. And then Amanda Masters turned to me and she says, I want you to host a show. And out of that became this miracle that now I have so many people wanting to be involved and my local PBS station is allowing me to record some of my sessions from their studio. There's a possibility that they will want to share some of these as well. So we never know, but I think one thing I can leave you all with is that when you open your heart and you allow yourselves to receive, that you don't put intention out from a place of want, that it comes from an asking to be shown, to be led, and to have your heart and your gut and just the whole of your being be open to seeing and walking through the door as it opens before you, listening within yourself, feeling within yourself, and is this aligned? You know, so as we go through the silver linings of COVID, I think we're all being shown new doors opening with things that we never would have possibly considered five months ago. Thank you so much. You have shared the definition of the sounds of healing. And I thank you so much for being a trailblazer 
and leading the way. And I especially thank you for always saying yes with your heart. Oh, well, thank you. So beautiful. And we can always all resonate with that and feel ourselves in a frequency rising higher with inspiration and beauty. And I really love your piano playing and would love for you to share a piece if you could please introduce it. I'd appreciate it. Oh, wonderful. I am going to share the Bach first prelude in C major from book one of the Well-Tempered Clavier. And this piece um, resonates with me always. It's been, you know, I, I, I love Bach. And to me, Bach never grows old and I could play his music daily over and over and over again and, and learn and feel, hear new things in it. And this piece, because it begins so beautifully with two notes, the C and the E, which are in music language, a major third interval. There's a whole story behind the major third, which is, I talk about that in my first episode of the show, Sounds of Coherence. And I know that that episode is available for anyone who would like to see it. And it's just kind of the story of how I came as a little girl to the piano and just touching a couple keys. And then an experience I had with a little boy when I was about 13 who went to a piano and played a major third to me and said, isn't that beautiful? So the fact that there's a space between notes and in that space, we all enter portals. It opens up, it allows, it allows us to listen within the sound and to go within and, and it really brings us closer inside of our hearts and it's to bring us to higher places of consciousness and i think that is again part of music's purpose i love the simplicity of the piece i love that it's it speaks every time i play it it speaks differently to me and i'm how so grateful to share it with all of you today um thank you <laughs> Thank you so much for this powerful sharing and for bringing us all together in our hearts as we listen to this beautiful music. So many blessings and thanks.
listening to the Sounds of Healing podcast. Please subscribe to our community as we raise our vibrations and offer support and celebration. To learn more about today's story and guest, and to receive free gifts, please visit KarenOlson.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-O-L-S-O-N, and click on podcast. The music you've heard today was composed and performed by Karen Olson. Until next time, may you have many sound blessings.